You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow! Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if you told it. Mm-hmm. Hello? Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What is up? What's up, everybody in podcast land? In podcast, in active FM land. Everybody listening to this? You are gangster. You press play. Congratulations. And that was the smartest You are move. the best person alive today. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> they are. They really are. I'm not even joking. I legit think you are the best person Con- alive right congratulations. now. Congratulations. You mm-hmm. just got the best person award. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So, yeah. We finally did this, eh? We did. We watched this film. Yay! A Quiet Place Part 2. We've been speaking about it for probably over a year because it was postponed. It was supposed to come out in 2020. In fact, do you know it's classified as a 2020 film? When you search on the internet, it's because it was ready in 2020. Yeah. They just postponed it because of lockdowns. So, literally, if you watch interviews with the cast... They all say they were doing press tours, they were doing the premiere, they were doing interviews, etc., etc. And it was literally like just a couple of weeks before the whole world locked down. And so they halted because they, want, well, they wanted it to be experienced in the cinema. And then when the cinemas opened again, they then released it to the world in 2021. Wow. Mm-hmm. And can we just say, oh my goodness. Okay. We had a... We had a theory about how much money movies were making. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> is this you now telling I me? I know to you've got the budget there. <laughs> I do. I know you've got the budget box office. No, it's actually crazy. Hey, pay attention it's crazy. to this. It's, it's Listen crazy. to this. So the so just to give you a heads up, just before we give you the figures, before or, or during the pandemic, movies haven't done that well, just because cinemas have been closed. A lot of things went on streaming sites, which then doesn't get classified on box office. So movies haven't been making a lot on box office. But the budget for A Quiet Place 2 was, was $61 million US dollars. That is not a lot. That is actually not a big budget. It's not. It's, it's not, eh? Normally, movies can very easily, especially on this scale can go into the hundred at uh, the hundred millions very very quickly this one was only 61 million the box office for a quiet place part two was or is currently 248.5 million us dollars that is like more than quadruple that is this is the first movie i've come across mm. that is um a movie that was supposed to be released during the pandemic during lockdown and it it's, was postponed. And it's quadrupled. And normally when films are postponed, they don't do well. No. That's just what we... Not not just because of lockdown. So, you know, sometimes it's... Scripting the CG, issues. Yeah, sometimes it's the director. Sometimes, whatever. It could be anything. But if anything postpones a film, it generally doesn't do as well. But A Quiet Place had lockdown against it, and it's still quadrupled. Maybe that's why he wanted the premiere. No, he well, did. Besides the fact that he want, that obviously it did well with the money, but... Uh, I think, no, John Krasinski wanted this to be... He said it has to be experienced in cinemas. In fact, we've mentioned this before on the show, but it was so important to him that when it was released to normal cinemas, not, not I'm not talking premieres, I'm talking normal American cinemas, 
when it was released, he went to the movie houses and for certain shows would actually do like an intro before normal, it was normal people watching the movies. There wasn't press, there wasn't, there wasn't any famous person. It was normal people going to the movies and he showed up and introed the film. He still had J.J. Abrams, who is a brilliant director as well. He's like on the level of Steven Spielberg, interview him. So it was huge for him. But the fact that he did that, it shows that he really wanted this released in, in theaters. Do you think he showed up um, announced or unannounced? I think it was unannounced because people's reactions, they, was, they were, when they saw him, they like, they were like, whoa, yeah. So I think I definitely think it was unannounced. Sure, because then I'd say maybe that's why people um, did so well. Maybe people were like, "Come, we have to go to the cinema." Maybe uh, director might yeah. Maybe might rock up there. No. Okay, he didn't rock up. We're going again. Okay, next show again, <laughs> again. <laughs> but as far as I know, this is John Krasinski's second film to direct. Brilliant! Yeah. It really is brilliant. And one of the things that was actually mentioned is. This film didn't feel like a sequel. That's what a lot of people actually said this. They said the reason they enjoyed it so much was it didn't feel like a sequel. And what they mean by that is oftentimes with sequels, we often find movies don't do well with sequels. Sometimes they do, but it's, not, it's very rare for a sequel to do better than the original film. But with this, people said it didn't feel like a sequel. It felt like a, just a continuation of the story. So, and then John Krasinski actually said that's where he got the idea of kind of like a trilogy because, you know, you have part one, part two, and part three, which is just one long story basically broken up into three parts. So that's actually one of the reasons they named it part two instead of, you know, some a quiet place, an even quieter place. Silence, complete silence. <laughs> Even <didn't>. quieter. <laughs> yes. Don't breathe. <laughs> Don't breathe. Another, another one. They were joking that this person was interviewing John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, and he said one option was shut up, shut up. And then they were saying amongst the teenagers, it would have been like so, like oh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna watch Shut Up. Like, did you watch Shut Up? I love Shut Up. <laughs> so that could have been one of the. Or Emily Blunt said something like. A silent anxiety attack. That was her title for the film. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no, they actually said, um, so he wasn't sure of the part two, but after Emily Blunt read the script, she actually said to him, it's nice because it doesn't feel like a sequel. It feels like a continuation. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to go with A Quiet Place part two as the title as opposed to something else. You know, if you, if you think about it, uh, this film is structured in such a way I don't know, okay, no, although you have to see the first one, but if you don't see the first one and you only watch the second one, you actually still sort of get the full the full feel of it. But not as much. I feel like you'll you'll get it because you're like, okay, this is what happened, but... There are some missing pieces. Yes, so, so for example, the dad, you won't yeah. know what happened to the dad. But if you watch the first one, he, he died. Yes, but you don't... So in the, in the second one, John Krasinski does act in it. He has like 13 minutes or something screen time, which is quite shocking because he's a main character. I mean, his name is come, it comes up with his character, Lee. It comes up. So it's quite impressive that a main character only had 13, like I think it was 13 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. But now, John Krasinski actually didn't ever want to make a sequel. He actually, he wasn't, when he made the first film, he wasn't planning on making a sequel. 
And when the studio came to him and said they want a sequel, he literally didn't want to direct it. So he said to them, they got him then to write it. So they said, okay, fine, will you write it for us? And then we'll get other directors in. And he said, yeah, sure. So he was writing it and eventually just got to the point where he was like, I have to make this movie. I actually have to make this movie. And he went back to the studio and he was like, I feel like you guys tricked me into doing this because I wasn't wanting to and then you made me write it and now I have to write it. I have to direct it. So, yeah. And what he said was one of the things that he wanted to almost... In the first film, there were certain things that he was like, it would be cool to explore that. So, for example, the fires, which you see in the first film. Like, it would be cool to explore who is on the other side of that fire type of thing. And you do see that in this, In they, they explore that. And he actually said that while they were filming and while he was writing, he's actually written down notes for a third one. So he does have some notes. And I think they'll definitely do a third one, first of all, because how it ended. But second of all, the way people have told him they want a third one. Like there was this another a woman interviewed and literally said to him, I was fine with the first one. I didn't need a sequel. Like I, I was good, but the, the first one was good. A sequel would have been nice, but I didn't need it. She said, now I have to have a third. You have, she, she literally told him he had to make a third one. So I definitely think we've got A Quiet Place Part 3 coming our way. Yeah. And then just also interestingly enough, Emily Blunt's John Krasinski's wife, she acts as his character Lee's wife also in the film. But she also admitted that she was initially hesitant to join the project as she didn't feel like she could top the f- they could top the first movie because the to- the first movie there's no movie like a so quiet place. Pressure. It's really but then she said that sh- she was on board after she heard John's pitch of the first bus scene. And she also admitted that the first take of that scene is in the movie as she was also terrified in real life by the stunts, which had the bus coming at her at 40 miles per hour. So that was a one-take wonder because she was too scared to do it again. But, uh, Ryan, I know you watched the same video. So on YouTube, we've spoken about Vanity Fair before. They have these awesome videos called Notes on a Scene where a director literally speaks you through a scene. It's, I love those videos. And he was speaking through the first scene of the film. And he was saying in that, in, when they were filming that, they had this camera on this robotic arm in the car. And it was obviously moving around because there's no cuts. It's it's literally it's mo- most of the whole the like first a one scene. shot. Yeah, yeah, it's like a one shot type of thing. And he said, when the bus is coming towards and Emily Blunt's reversing the car, the camera actually like it it, it broke actually. And then what it started doing was slowly zooming in but it actually wasn't zooming in it was actually just moving towards Emily Blunt but you would you would have sworn that was like the camera person that was so carefully because it literally just started zooming in on Emily Blunt's face and it made it it did make it more intense because now the camera's like seeing her face yes and she's just like I wonder if she knew at that point this camera's coming towards me and it's broken or if she just thought they're clearly zooming in on my face but she and I, I think she wasn't prepared to stop because she just wanted to get it done. Yeah. But I actually respect Emily Blunt as an actress because, you know, the first A Quiet Place, she was she gave birth in the bath. You know, that whole sequence. Quietly. Yes. Do you know they did that in one take? And apparently, so literally they only did one take of it. She acted all of that in one take. And then literally straight after the take, 
she got out the bathtub and was like, so are we having chicken for lunch? That's literally what her first words were <laughs> after that traumatic experience of giving birth in a bathtub with the monster near. Obviously, the monster wasn't really nearby, but literally those were her first. So she's very good with, you know, character, getting into character. And, and, and uh, Emily Blunt is British. So you yes. can imagine her saying with that, so what are we having for lunch? Then? Chicken then. Yeah, yes. uh, Mary Poppins actually, <laughs> if you watch Mary Poppins with her, it's like, it's exactly like she's got this like whole British, yeah, the way she talks in that. But she's more, her British accent isn't that dramatic in real yeah. life. She's more non-Mary Poppins, if I can word it like that. Uh, the more other side of Britain. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, excluding the cold open flashbacks in the start of both films. So, in other words, both films, um, the first one actually also, they start on like days. Was it 79 or something like that? I actually that? can't remember the days. But it wasn't. It was definitely under 100. And then they jumped. That was obviously when their youngest child died. And then they jumped to day 400 and something or whatever. But then the, if you look at the timelines, both of the films, the events of the films, actually take place only over five days. So except for the flashbacks. Were you counting? Yeah, I was. Uh, 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 <laughs> I saw the day, and I saw it went to whatever present day, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Just, uh, well, it's well over a year. Okay, cool. As in, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, the whole movie so, takes uh, yes. over five days. Yes. So from the, the her being pregnant, them getting ready, then obviously she gives birth, then John Krasinski dies, then they obviously have to leave the house, they meet... Emmett, who is Killian Murphy's character, and then they go to the uh, All of that happens in five days. It's the most stressful five days of anything. Yeah, that's where you get to Sunday, and you're like, this was a stressful week. <laughs> they're not even on Sunday. They're on Friday only, and they are, yeah. Uh, but it's weird to think that. Slap your neighbor, tell them Saturday's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. It's, yeah, no, it was. And then also, we have mentioned this before, but Millie, she plays the oldest daughter. She is deaf in real life. She's actually a deaf actress, and she just does such a, a brilliant job. But one of the themes that John Krasinski actually said he wanted for the film was, in the first movie, you've got the two parents, and they're obviously trying to protect their kids, especially after the youngest dies. That's hectic, eh? Yeah. And they even like make a promise and say, as long as you're with me, you're going to be okay. And he actually said, if you look at it, every parent actually makes that promise to their child, that as long as you're with me, you're going to be okay. But he said, in that relationship, at some point, that promise is always broken, because one day the parent dies. Obviously, you get some cases where the children die or whatever, but most cases the parent dies and then that promise is kind of broken and he's he kind of was like he that's the focus of you know once that promise is actually broken that's kind of like growing up type of thing so in this film you see obviously emily blunt is still there but she's just given birth she's grieving she's traumatized half the time but it's now that john krasinski's gone it's now what for the kids type of thing like what is the next step for them and the kids are very they i think they're more they're more of a main like the story follows them a little bit more than it does yeah the parents the as parents, opposed yeah. to the first one the first film emily blunt and john krasinski were obviously the family was there but it was the focus was obviously more on like the parents whereas in this film the focus is more on the the children and the acting the acting is brilliant noah who plays the boy the, his face yeah. he's so you feel he's so bad constantly for him. traumatized he's, yeah that, but his face everything's like his facial expression 
<laughs> his eyes. I think he was one of the best actors they could have gotten because he everything shows on his face. Like literally, he wears his emotions. You know how they say you wear it on your sleeve? He wears it on his face. You just look at him and you know what he's thinking, Shame. He's what are you doing? <laughs> yes. Why are you doing that? He doesn't even need lies. We don't need to do this. No. He just Go back. <laughs> just looks at you. You get, you, you get all of it. You just like you get all you of it. You know exactly what he is. <laughs> I wonder Shame. if he practiced it in the mirror. Today. <laughs> Shame, the poor child. You feel so bad for him because he's just constantly, even in the first film, he's just constantly traumatized. Just one safety. That's like, all I think he he's the most traumatized character there. Like, Millie, she's deaf, so sometimes she, she doesn't hear when the creature's around. She is more traumatized in this one, especially that train sequence. Oh, my word. And half the time, you're just like, ah, because she's bound to make the most noise because she can't hear what she's she, doing. Yeah, she, she can't um, detect. Yes. She's got so no senses. Like, but the shame, he was... You he actually was just reminded me of qu- quite a, a revelation that I got through this film. You know, it, it's amazing because... Um, okay, I, I really don't want to do any spoilers because I'm, I'm assuming that um, obviously if, uh, if you've... Well, at the time, at the week of this <laughs> show release, there's, there's probably going to be uh, a large majority yeah. of our listeners that haven't watched this film who mm-hmm. want to go watch it. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything because... I know what it feels like, you know, when a film is is, is um, spoiled. Is spoiled. It's, it's it's not as great. Yeah. And now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yes. Was that you know, if you think about it, like like uh, the, these aliens are are their ears, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you look at everybody else, how they make decisions based on their senses, mm. um, and it's amazing for her where she couldn't hear, she, she could. It's almost like she could think a bit more clearly. Yeah, actually. So it's it's, it's almost like you know if you block off all the senses mm. and you, you use your brain, you know what I'm mm. saying? If you use your head, <laughs> it's 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 actually quite amazing what you know what can happen because for her she was she was deaf. Uh, for me, she came across as as very as very brave. No, I was just she like was shocked. She was. In fact, like you said, that um, this movie there was a lot more focus on the kids, mm. and you actually see how the kids, both of them, how they sort of. Uh, Depart and they like sort of conquer, uh, sort of together. They, yeah, they well, successful. not together. It's amazing. It, it sort of was together. The way I'm not spoiling anything, yeah. but at the end of the film, the way they they because the storyline. So there's a lot more. Like in the previous film, everyone is was a little bit more together. Like especially because the scale of this film. Like the previous film, they were just on the farmhouse. Yeah. This one, they have to venture out. So the, the locations is a lot more. It, you open, the world opens up more in this film. But the way they, the art oh, was brilliant. The end scene, I literally sat there this like. This movie was so good. The way John wrote it was brilliant. There was also, there were two parts he did it. So one part where there's, you're following three different storylines and all of them are in trouble. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, oh my god, because now it's not just one person you're worried about, you're worried about three people. That was so stressful. And he literally keeps jumping. Like he he you yeah. just jump from one person to the next one. So it's very, very stressful. And yeah. then at the end, also the way the the ah, oh, even the way the camera like no, it was brilliant. The together, the the, the, the way the I don't want to spoil anything, but if you watch the film, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's it's specifically with the two kids, how it keeps jumping. Definitely. Oh no, de- it was brilliant. Definitely uh, with yeah. with watching. Obviously, because it's a, I don't want to say a sequel, because it's a continuation of the yeah. story. 
there's you they they open up a lot but you know it reminds me of the matrix you watch the first one you're like oh my gosh there's a world within this world and yeah and neo gets in and he's the one yay and then the second one you see how there's like this whole underground world well this one you see it sort of spreads out a bit more and now mm. you see like what everyone else is doing yeah you know, type of thing but that so the, obviously because it's been spread out a lot more characters were involved i mean the previous film was basically the family that old guy that screamed when his wife died <laughs> that was it and i the, remember, the, the son. <laughs> I remember one him now thing, the one thing before i go on to what i was about to say but the one thing is you can actually see it and there's nothing they can do about this is you see the two kids so millie and noah they both are older which you can make out obviously it's not supposed to be years later so but they did do a good job i think with the continuation but obviously you can't stop a child from growing for I your movie i couldn't remember oh really uh, yeah, I no i i thought remember. they've they've both matured i i think noah's a lot taller i do think because you know how boys can often just shoot up I think he's in that shooting up stage. Damn it, boy. Right. And also, the so in the beginning, obviously, the, the youngest child is still alive. But I don't think that was the same. I could be wrong, but they never showed his face. Literally, I don't know if you if you remember. I was just about to say. I'm they like, never show his face. That You always just kind of see his hair. And I don't think it was the same child. Or maybe it was the, sh- the same child, but he's older now. And obviously, also, he would look a lot different as opposed to the previous film when oh, he was right. a little boy. So, but you, they, the focus oh, is shame, that poor boy. Yeah. yeah so I they need so to, if they want to do part three, they need to actually get it underway quite quickly because the kids, the only thing is the kids are growing up. Yeah. Especially because, so like, if you look at Stranger Things, it's the kids and the kids grow up, but it's not, it doesn't, the whole series doesn't take place within five days. Shoot this one, you had two movies, shoot. yeah, take place within five days. So depending on what they do with the third one, which they have to do a continuation, otherwise it's not going to make sense. They need the kids to, you know, not look like two years have passed since the last. I can see the trailer for, for, for the third part already. In a world where all hope was lost, they found a solution. Soundproof plan. Get it? Soundproof plan. <laughs> I get it. Nice. Years later, oh, they forgot something. You see? Oh, okay. I they see. And years. then you see the older versions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The world mm-hmm. is no longer quiet. <laughs> the world is no longer quiet. <laughs> but one of the things they did was Shut they up. added. <laughs> Part three is going to be called "Shut Up." I'm telling you now. So they added um, actors, and one of the actors, he's quite a main role, is Killian Murphy. Do you know he's Irish, right? Serious. He is. I, but you wouldn't no. know from this movie because he's, he's that. I, I saw someone post and I completely agree with him. Cillian, uh, Cillian, Killian Murphy is one of the most underrated actors of our time. He is brilliant. That guy can put on accents. In fact, you don't know, you, you don't know what, he, what he sounds like. If, if, because most of his films, he has acted in Irish films. But most of his films, he's either American. He was in Batman Begins. He plays yep. the Scarecrow. Um, he was in Inception. He was in Dunkirk. He's in a series called Peaky Blinders, which is quite uh, well-known. There he does a Birmingham accent, which is not easy to do, and he does it brilliantly. But honestly, he was so, so good in this film. But his story of how he got involved in the film is quite um, funny. So he went to watch A Quiet Place, the first one, with his two sons. I think in Dublin, that's where he stays. He went to the actual movie theaters. It's weird to think that actors go to normal, like... Like imagine you just go to the movies and next minute Killian Murphy's sitting next to you. Well, like, I was just thinking up? the fact that you watch a film and then the sequel, you're in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like it's yeah. actually you're going to suss out potential job opportunities. Stuff. 
it's more of a job for them than entertainment. But he went to watch it with his two sons. Obviously, his two sons loved the film. He also thought, he really thought it was good. And so what he did was he typed up an email to John to say, the film was so good. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. But then he chickened out of sending it. So he never actually sent the email. He thought, no, this guy's busy. He doesn't have time for some actor like me. I'm not going to send it. So he never sent the email. And then a year later, John Krasinski emailed him to say, we're making the sequel. Would you like to be involved? And he was like, yes, of course I'd like to be involved. And obviously now, shame, he gets teased about it whenever he's in interviews and all of that. And someone still asked him, did you actually send the email to John? And he said, no, I never sent the email to John even afterwards. But how, what a coincidence. Like he actually yeah. chickened out of sending the email and then John contacted him out of all people. Like out of every, and I mean, John's in America. He's an American actor. He Obviously, he married Emily Blunt, but she's not Irish. She's British. So it's not even like he hasn't even acted with Emily Blunt before. So out of all the actors on the face of the earth, he emails Killian Murphy and then yeah, got him involved. I'm sure he spotted him somewhere in some film. You know? Probably. Because hmm. who, who is, I'm still lost about who he is. In the, I'm sure they did say somewhere who is was he like just a friend so in the beginning you know in the beginning sequence there's the guy that john speaks to um he's with his little son at the baseball game that's his character so they were obviously family friends and then because he still walks off and says have you do you know what's going on and then um killian murphy's character emmett says no but my brother i think his brother was in the army army, army, so they obviously they lived in the same town so they knew and then she still asked him when when he saw the fires, did he oh, did he yes. know it was us? And th- why didn't he come for us? So yeah, they I think they were family friends. That was the the relation and the whole issue. Yeah, in it because yes. I was wondering. I'm like, wait, what happened? Sounds like this bad past. Yeah, well, the the, the issue I think was that he never yeah, came. Never but back. funny story, quick funny story. So M, uh, Killian Murphy was in Batman. Batman Begins, which was a Christopher Nolan-directed film. He was actually in two of them. He played Scarecrow, who had a bag over his head. Literally this brown, like, bag from... You know, like, those farm... That farm material? Do you know what uh, I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but that farm material, whatever. That he had that... Sack. Yeah, like the sack. He yeah. had that over his head. So, first film with Killian Murphy, with Christopher Nolan, and he has a bag over his head. Second film is Inception, and in Inception, he was underwater with a bag on his head, and he actually said it was very traumatic, because, I mean, imagine being underwater with a bag over your head, like, that's drowning material right there, so he actually said that was quite traumatic, and then Dunkirk, so there's another actor who also acts quite a bit with Christopher Nolan, and that's Tom Hardy, He's he plays yeah. Venom, if you don't know who that is, in... He was also in Batman Begins. He was a villain. And he had this, like, I don't know if you remember that character that had that metal thing over yes, his mouth. Yes, yes, that's yes. Tom Hardy. So he had yeah, that's right. a thing over his mouth. Then in, um, what was the other film? Inception. He also, oh, I think at one point he had, he also had something over his mouth. And then in Dunkirk, he yes. also acted in Dunkirk. He was the pilot. So he had the oxygen mask over his mouth. So, um, like, people say, Christopher Nolan always puts something over something Tom Hardy's over his mouth. mouth yeah. But then apparently when Christopher Nolan contacted Killian Murphy about being in Dunkirk, because he wanted him in Dunkirk, uh, Killian's response was, do I have to have a bag over my head? Because in the past two films, he had to have a bag over his head. Something so he was like, always... I'm not prepared to have a bag over my head in this. I don't think he did in Dunkirk, but yeah, he was clearly traumatized. Luckily for this one, he didn't have to have a bag. He didn't have to have a bag. He just had to have a beard. 
There's almost the thing of, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> this is the last time I'm doing this. <laughs> Never oh. again. You know, something that I was very impressed with with this film was, um, now, when you do watch it, and those who have seen it, you know, the, the, the thing about shooting uh, shots where there's a lot of windows and mm. mirrors involved is that obviously you're, you're going to see the camera reflection. So the, the first thing I picked up with this film was that, I mean, it, you know shops on the side, uh, mm. you know, on the side of the street? Yeah, on the side... Pretty quick. You know towns, they've got these... Yeah. You always got the, 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 the town center and there's all these shops right next to each other. And obviously they've got the big windows. There's the opening scene where um, you, you actually see like the, the camera is positioned like parallel to the shop windows and it's busy uh, sort of um, dollying across with the main actor walking. And I'm like waiting for the camera to show up and not once did it happen. So for me, I was just like, mm, yep, there's some CG up. And now they painted the camera out or there's fake reflections. Like maybe the windows weren't really there. But uh, that was something that, sure. that I was really, really impressed with. Something else that, uh, that John Chris Krasinski. Krasinski. Said with confidence, Ryan. John Krasinski. There we go. <laughs> spoke about <laughs> was the fact that, and, and I never thought about this, but th- there's a lot of the one-shotters which we spoke about within yep. this film. And something that it gives across was the fact that it, um, it makes the audience feel like they are there. Mm. So for me, like I, I saw quite a bit. Of it. I'm like, oh, one shotter. Yep, still going. One shotter. One shotter. Brilliant. Very, very cool. Very awesome. So uh, I, I see he's also taken yeah. on the, 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 the whole one oh, shot. One thing shot. Because it, it's true. Especially when it's a very dramatic feel. Um, and of, of, like it's very like, traumatizing. Mm. Right. So um, say she says it's a thriller. For me... This is a horror, man. No, it is classified but as a horror. They it, do say it's a it's horror. It's not as... D- it, it doesn't go... So, the best way I can describe this is that this film... Because I know... Okay, look, guys. For those who don't like horrors, I don't like... I actually yeah. don't watch horrors. I, I just don't like the way I feel. I'm like, eh, and the people that you knew, they all died. Yeah. But this film is a ho- is a soft horror. It's in a way that it... See, a horror takes you right over the edge, mm. right? Like, the main actor dies. You knew him. You know, they introduced him. Dead or whatever. <laughs> people die. And you knew them. <laughs> This film, I found it, 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 it took you just before the edge. And then, and then when it stops right at the edge, you sit there and you're like, this film is so good. Yes. <laughs> this is such a good film. I'm like, wow, well, well executed. This is brilliant. You know, so yeah. already for me, the beginning of the film, when it, like the way that it starts. I'm like, well, I don't know if we've already said the way it starts. No, but even from the start. Yeah. Already from the start, you're just like, oh, wow. Okay, this is different. This is cool. Because the first shot, I'll just tell you the first shot. The first shot, you see a traffic light in the foreground and the city in the background. Yes. And the city is dead quiet. Oh, yes. And the first thought I had was, uh, wait, hang on. Why is there power on the, on the light? Yeah. There's no one to operate the power stations. By now, like everything should be, be dead. Why is there? And then it goes down. You start seeing people like, oh, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, this is like the, the, the origin. This is like yeah. the first, like the, the establishing story type of thing. I'm like, this is so, oh, this is so brilliant. People are making noise. And even the sound is like over-exaggerated. Ooh, the sound effects. The sound is brilliant. The Think about how well planned it is. Ah. Because immediately you're like, okay, quiet place. Everything's going to be quiet. And so inside no. your mind, you're, really, you're like trying to keep everything quiet because already within yourself, you're like, we have to be quiet. <laughs> you know, you, you're getting to the film. And like all the sounds over-exaggerated. You're like, shh, shh. Like he's picking up back at a bottle. Yes. And, you're, and the, the sound was Back brilliant. at a sweet. And even he walks into the door. Everything is just like everything. over-exaggerated. And you're like, yeah. what are they doing to me? You know? So here are some things that are about the aliens that, that we didn't, well, that you probably won't realize uh, until you really 
dig deep. And these are facts that we even know from the first uh, A Quiet Place. Number one, all right, they are, they are, they are actually, the, these aliens are, are actually bulletproof. They, mm. They're like well protected. And um, the whole theory is that within the film, they obviously came, we see this in the first film, they came down in like balls of fire, like, like, like meteors. Mm. And that's probably why they survived the impact because of how strong they were. All right. Um, they grew up on a planet where there was no light. That's obviously hence no eyes. And uh, they hunt by sound. Mm. That is why they are so excellent at their, 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 their hearing. Now, it is likely that they would have maybe traveled from their planet. Maybe their planet uh, blew up. Okay. And so now they are trying to find, maybe their planet exploded. <laughs> I think th yeah. th that's the cool thing about the fact that they came in. It's likely. All right. This yeah. is not a fact. This one's not a fact from, from the first form. It's likely that their planet exploded and they came. And so now they're looking for other planets. So in other words, who knows what other planets they landed on while they're on their way to earth. All right. These aliens can interrupt the electrical spectrum. All right, it's the reason why you see often when they are close that they interfere radios, they interfere yeah. TVs. If you remember in the first one, um, uh, the the father that that John Lee Kruskinski played <laughs> um, was his name Lee in the Lee, first yeah. film. That Lee played, he had a lot of TVs in in his basement, a lot mm. of radios and stuff like that. That that's why they they you know whenever they were close, you could see the interference on their TVs, mm. lights flicker, and stuff like that. And um, if enough of them get around. Uh, get too close to each other they can actually produce a power outage you actually see that in an article in the first one you see in the corner of what one of the news articles that that there's a there was a huge uh, power outage mm. all right they can communicate with each other obviously it's within uh like like an echolocation like what bats do you know yeah. they, you hear a lot of clicking that's and why stuff they like do that. the clicking yeah they're clicking exactly mm. it's, uh, and also that that's probably how they get around as well is like echo mm. echo um location that's how they hear each other and they are like Two or three different modes that these that these monsters c can be in. All right, damn monsters, not aliens. These things are beyond. Mind you, aliens are also quite deadly. Yeah. The first one is idle, and that is where you find them. They are stalk. They, they stalk the landscape. So they will they walk they walk basically, missioning around looking for prey. And I remember in the film, I was always like, dude, why are you walking around? You could come across one of these things. Yeah. Because but they never ate humans, eh? You never see them eat humans. You know. That is the thing that I wondered about you. So they don't. I think they're trying to rid the planet of noise because they want to inhabit the planet. Yeah. They're trying to just keep it so down, yeah. keep quiet. Quiet place. <laughs> right. The other thing is attack mode. And mm. you hear them screaming. And that, and that is yes. most likely because it's for them to um, alert the other uh, aliens around them that are about the, the predator that they just found. And if you think about it, often, you know, it was never a thing of, uh, the alien came into the same area where you were, and it was like, okay, try and keep deadly. So you actually saw the characters running. Yeah. They, had to, they got out of there because yeah. they knew, no, we're finished. We need to get out of it here. It will find you with, because you know, bats, they can, they, because of that clicking, they can make up exactly. what's around them. So eventually, I think it would find you. They will find, and, yeah. and, and if you see the way it came after you, yeah. like it, it didn't, it, it was quite accurate. Yeah. So it was quite scary. All right. And um, yes, okay, so there's, there's two modes here. Now, how do they, how do you defeat them? All right. Well, we see two things is that uh, a feedback loop. So, you know, a sound, of, a sound that's being fed back. Eventually, a high frequency comes out of it. Yeah. Which then what that did is that obviously then exposed their, their inner parts. They like opened up their head. <laughs> yeah. It sounds quite scary. Yeah. They like <laughs> open up and then it was obviously a vulnerable spot for them. You could whatever shoot them. The other thing which you find out. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to tell this one. The other, the other reason. 
Oh, <laughs> Ryan doesn't want to spoil. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil this one, but they do have a second weakness. A which second you find weakness, out in this film. Which is brilliant. I was just mm. like, oh, I, I think I felt safe at that point, Sashi. Mm. I, I was just like. <sighs> that noise is actually their weakness, if you think about it. It is. It's noise, a high frequency, uh, like noise think, overdone is their weakness. I think it's also because they're extremely sensitive, sensitive to sound. Yeah. That's why the feedback loop yeah. like, like literally tortured them. Mm. Right, and the other thing, the other theory is this. Although, which which was broken the first time, because they landed now. Number, okay, I, I can't even give this fact because okay, b- because they landed in Mexico. Are the other countries safe? <laughs> that is a very good question. But there was an article where you saw uh, in the first one where it said Shanghai death, so, so it, it notices. That yeah, and yeah. so um, and as mentioned before, there there, there is a spin-off that uh, they already well th- that they apparently are working. The brilliant thing that uh, John Krasinski did <laughs> in this film was that um, uh, he had actually already mapped out and put together all the information that he can think about these aliens together mm. before he actually did the film. He brought the whole idea together, who they are, like basically a profile. He, he built the profile of these aliens. He knew exactly, you know, their weaknesses, what they do, how they operated, etc. And uh, can I just say, obviously, the, 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 the studio that did the VFX for this film mm. was ILM. And we know them. Look, I call them the inventors of CG because literally that is, they were, before computers were even powerful enough, they were, they were doing CG, CG in, yeah. in the 70s. So for yeah. me, this was like, well, mind you, they had computers to send a, a spaceman to, to the moon yeah. in 1969, which apparently your MacBook charger is more clever than the computer that was on that moon. The charger? The charger. That is hectic. So there's wow. a fact for you. But anyway. But yes. one thing that is that John Krasinski did, which I think adds to the whole horror genre, is even though he's mapped out these aliens so well, he doesn't give a lot of info. Like, even in interviews, he, he'll give, like, a few tips here and there, but I think it just adds to the whole mystery of the film that you actually don't know what's going on, you don't know their strengths, you don't know their weaknesses. You obviously pick up things here and there, but it's not completely, you know, like, these not are solid. the aliens. Yeah, so you, you constantly, like, wait. And I think that adds to the... The whole horror feel. Also, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. No, it is brilliant. Killian Murphy actually mentioned because John Krasinski not only directed the film, but he wrote the film. So he's the writer and the director. And Killian actually said he loves working with directors who wrote the film because he literally said they are the source of information. Like when you ask them a question, it's not, um, yeah, well, in my we'll interpretation of the scene, they're not doing that or they're not having to go back to script writers or whatever. They literally know because they wrote it. So he actually said he thoroughly enjoyed working with John for that reason. That's and also he's an actor. Yeah. John's an actor. So he said... He can understand. Yeah. it's they, they, it's they He knows. He understands as an actor what you need, what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, uh, in one of the interviews with him as well, it's actually quite, it's quite cool that you said that because he said that what he found in the first one when he was acting and directing, mm. he was able to, within as being an actor, he was able to direct the emotion of the yeah. movie. So if he wanted the character to be more emotional that mm. he was interacting with, he got him more, more emotional. emotional. Yeah. And then and the like character responded. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's actually quite interesting. No, so cool. f- yeah, for directors who don't act, but they want to act. Start well, acting. There's a good tip for you. Right. Yeah, there's a con to, yes. You mean a pro? A pro. <laughs> uh, this con. 
<laughs> or decon. Wow. Or just a pro. Yeah, it's a pro. So, yeah. So, this was A Quiet Place Part 2. Brilliant film. Go watch it. Go watch it again. Go watch it a third time. I'm yeah, going to definitely watch this film again. Yeah. You know, after this film, I felt like going outside and just going, <laughs> just get it out. Just like, waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, this has been the movie show right here on Active FM. With your hosts. Mm-hmm. We didn't even say our names in the beginning. We were so excited. Shh. We were so excited that we Quiet place. <laughs> I'm Sash, just for those who are wondering. Yes. And uh, the other person with me, he has a name too. I do. Shall I give it to them? No. Okay. I'm Ryan. <laughs> He's Ryan, and this has been the movie show. We'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm. Right here. Same place. Same time. Uh, well, is Same it? Same device. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Signing out. Cheerio. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gap and Twitter at ActiveFM, Instagram at ActiveFM777, and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.